You see, I love Christmas. And, and one of the big reasons I love Christmas is because Christmas is a season uh, where it's about giving and receiving gifts. And, you know, there's a book out there by, by Gary Chapman. It's called The Five Love Languages. And one of my top love languages is gifts. So I love giving gifts, and I really love receiving gifts. And, and maybe some of you are, are like that. Speaking of which, I, I decided to look up, hey, what's the best trending gifts this year in 2019? So for the few of you who still have some shopping left, or you want to make sure you got a good gift that's, you know, hot commodity right now, let me give you the top list according to one website. So number one on this website were AirPods. And so if you thought, man, I, you know, what do I get my kid or my nephew or somebody? AirPods is number one. Number two is an instant pot. You know, we, we, want, we want to cook quick. We want, that, we, we want that turkey for Thanksgiving done in like three minutes, right? You know, so I want the instant pot. There's also, hey, I don't want to have to work when I, you know, I want the house clean. I don't want to work. I just want to all of a sudden the dirt on the floor to be clean. So number three is the RoboVac. Also on this list is a gravity blanket. Uh, anybody here have one of those? Okay, just a couple of you. I'm like, I didn't even know what a gravity blanket was, but apparently it's a, like this heavy blanket and you can float in gravity and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, here's another one. Ancestry DNA. So another big gift, diffuser, air fryer, and then Disney Plus subscriptions. <laughs> to which some of you are like, hey, I'm already on that. I got that. I didn't want to miss The Mandalorian or whatever it is you wanted to watch. And, and you, you jumped on that. But here's what I did, though. As I, as I looked at that website and saw that, then I went back to the previous page where I had my search listed. I clicked on another website. And it was strange because it was none of the same gifts. I thought, oh, advertising's probably involved in this whole thing. So apparently there's multiple trending lists. I thought I'd just tell you this one last trending list. The other website had, uh, uh, for trending gifts for 2019, number one was a Disney princess doll. Secondly, and this is a hot commodity, so you're going to want to jump out and get this right away. You ready for this? A state destination cutting board. You're all like, oh, man, that, that's the gift I want to give. Send a candle, meme party game. And then this one, I, ladies, you're going to have to help me after the service because I have no idea what this is. A one-step hair dryer and volumizer. And so some, some of you are like, I don't know what that is, so come help me afterwards. So I need to know if I need to get this for Heather, but apparently in one step I can dry and volume all in one. So let me know about that afterwards. And then this is the one I thought was the most odd on this top list is a gold ball pint glass. Exactly. That's I, I had that same reaction. What, what is that? I'm not sure what that is. But apparently on this list, that's one of the most trending gifts in 2019. See, I just, I love gifts. I love giving them. I love receiving them. But I got to tell you, there's a, there's a subcategory within me with this whole world of gifts and, and generosity or, or helping people out. Here's the weird quirk about me, and maybe some of you are similar. Maybe you can relate to this. I don't want to owe anybody anything. I don't want to owe anybody anything. I just want to, you know, do it myself. I want to stand on my own two feet and 
Maybe some of you are here this evening, you're a little bit the same way. And so if somebody gives you something, there's, or gives me something, there's a part of me that feels like, uh, I now owe you, which is weird, because I like to receive gifts, and I like to give gifts, but now I feel like I need to owe somebody. Maybe some of you can relate to this. Maybe you go out to lunch with somebody, and if they buy you a meal, if they, they're like, no, 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 I got it, I got it. What is it that some of you will say, you feel like you have to say, if they say, hey, I got it, you say, oh, I'll what? I'll, I'll get the tip, or I'll get it next time. I'll take care of the next one, right? Because there's something inside of some of us that says, I can't just let you buy my meal. I have to do my part. And now at Christmas time, it's this time of giving gifts. And for some of you, if you receive a gift, your response in this, this having to, oh, you receive that gift from somebody, you're like, oh, man, yours is at home. <laughs> and then inside you're thinking, is there anything at home I could run home and get them? Why do we do that? Because there's something in some of us, we just kind of want to balance things out. Why can't we say to that person, wow, you got me a gift. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Why can't we do that? Why is there something in us that says, I, I need to even the score. I don't want to owe anybody anything. I want to do my part. I want to pull my weight. But here's the problem with that. When we bring that type of thinking into our relationship with God, everything gets fouled up. I'm not asking for anything free from God. I'm willing to do my part. God, you can count on me. I'll, I'll pray. I'll, I'll serve. I'll give. <clears throat> I'll go to church. I'll, I'll be nice to others. I'll help everybody, other people out. I'll do my part. But the message of, Christ, of Christmas, the Christmas story is exactly the exact opposite of us doing our part. So tonight, what I want to do is I want to give you one key word. One key word for this Christmas. It's a word that takes all the ought-tos out of faith and religion. It's a word that takes, all, it takes out the have-tos out of religion and faith. It's a word that takes it out the I need to do my part, and it takes it out of religion. So let's look at an important part of the Christmas story. Most of you know the verse as well. You heard the beautiful young lady here share it earlier. It's in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and it says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And that's just kind of the, one of the sub-stories of the Bible. Anytime angels showed up, people freaked out. So it just happened to which the angel always has to say, or the angels always have to say, do not be afraid. Why? I bring you what? And I want to say these two words together. I bring you, what are the two words? I bring you? Good news. Good news. Good news. I want you to understand this this evening as we talk about this one word. It's good news. It's good news of great joy, the angel said. That will be for all people. See, today in the town of David, a savior, not a king, a savior. 
not a helper, a savior, has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You see, our word this Christmas is savior. God didn't say to you and I, hey, we need a coach. We need a mentor. We need a helper. We don't need somebody to help us figure out how to do enough good. Our situation's actually far worse than that. We need a savior, and it has nothing to do with purchasing or buying or performing or doing. God says, I'm sending a savior to bail you out of the mess that you're in and the mess that I'm in. And what we do has absolutely nothing to do with it. And that's why the angel tells us it's good news. Good news for everybody. Now, if this message that God has for us tonight ever gets from our head to our heart, that God wants to come to us as Savior, it's going to transform our perspective on God. It's going to transform our relationship with God, no matter what we believe, no matter how long we have or have not been a Jesus follower. So let me say it again. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. To which some of us say to that, that's kind of a big yawn for us. I, I already knew that. I saw that coming in tonight. A savior, a big yawn. I, I got a plastic one in my front yard right now. For some of us, the message this Christmas just doesn't register. But this is so important because if we never come to grips with the fact, with the reality that we need saving, then the Savior will be just a big yawn, will be just a big nuisance, or even worse, will be threatening. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's possible that some are here this evening, or, or for you, your story used to be, but for some of you even now, your whole experience with Jesus has been him trying to get into your life, to interfere with your life, to hijack your life, to mess with your stuff. Maybe it's your spouse who's been giving you Christian playlists, asking you to listen to them, or your brother-in-law who sends you all those Christmas Christian gifts that he wants you to read, or you got a new job and, and an employee, a fellow employee or a boss has got a Bible sitting there on the desk, and it's like you're thinking to yourself, I mean, just... Jesus, leave me alone and this Jesus stuff, get away from me. See, when you don't think you need to be saved or rescued or delivered, the idea of a Savior is just a nuisance. It's a big yawn. Or worse, it's even threatening. Most of us in this room, we were there at one, at one point in our lives. You could even think back to that. But eventually, most of us came to the point to realize, hey, I do need a Savior. I need a Savior now. And you came to that realization that, man, this whole Christianity thing that you thought was culturally irrelevant, that you thought was intolerant, that you thought was threatening or terrible, all of a sudden, there came a point where it became a lifeline because you knew you needed a Savior. See, here's what I want us to understand this Christmas. God is waiting patiently. 
for us to come to the grips of and come to the realization that we need saving. And as God waits, he waits till you and I just say, God help me, I'm down again. I've been here before. Life isn't working out for me the way I hoped, the way I wished. That place comes to all of us at different times and in different ways. Everybody's story here is different. But for those of you who realized at one point in your life you needed a savior, for you, maybe a, you were suffering a loss in your life and it was so great and it was so tragic that you finally came to the realization, I need help. But I need more than help. I need saving. For others in here, it's not achieving or accomplishing what you thought you would or what you thought you could. and You realize you didn't get there. And you had it all planned out, but it didn't happen the way you wanted. And you realize, I, there's got to be something else. I need saving. For others, maybe you set out to achieve something, and you've achieved all that you set out to, only to discover it didn't satisfy. It reminds me a little bit of the story of Mike Singletary of Chicago Bears fame and 49ers fame. In 1985, he won the Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears. He was defensive MVP that year. He got married that year. He signed a, a big, uh, long extension contract that year. And after he won the Super Bowl and ho hoisted that trophy and got that ring, and he was asked about it, and he said it was the lowest point in his life. How's that possible? You have everything going for you. See, Mike went on to say, yeah, I believed in God, and he did. But if you know some of his story, the reality is he was, was, he was holding on to wounds. He was pursuing worldly joys, even still knowing God. And he came to that realization, and it was the, winning that Super Bowl. Isn't that interesting how God works in our lives? Winning that Super Bowl at the lowest point of his life that he realized, I need saving. I need saving. Whenever it happens to you, whenever you come to the realization, I need saving from myself, from my sins, from my junk that I'm holding on to, from my issues, whatever it is, when we come to the point where we need saving, listen, we have a Savior who's standing there and he's waiting, and he's ready. He's patiently waiting for you to come to that realization. That word patient is important. The, the writers of the Bible talk about it. The Apostle Paul was one of those, and he wrote it perfectly this way. He said this in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. He said, do not, <clears throat> excuse me, do not show contempt for the riches, which means there's a lot of it, the word riches. Don't show contempt for the riches, a lot of God's kindness, tolerance, and what's the word? Kindness, tolerance, and patience. patience. See, as long as you and I are running from God, and we see no need for a Savior, God's response to us, Paul says, is kindness, tolerance, and patience. Not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. You see, God's strategy for, for bringing you and I to a place where we finally realize we need saving, 
that, that we can't do it on our own anymore. God's strategy to help us get there, kindness, tolerance, patience. It's not finger pointing. He doesn't force his way into our life. He doesn't threaten us. He waits patiently. And the moment, the millisecond, you or I come to the point where we realize it's not working without God. When you come to that point, whatever your wake-up call is for you, when you find yourself saying, I have nothing to trade, I have nothing to deal, I have no way to earn this, I can't pull this off on my own anymore. When you realize you need a Savior, in that moment, the Savior Jesus will come in and intersect with your life. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. You have a Savior. Now, there might be some of you here who are here this evening, and you're a little bit skeptical about Christianity and about faith in Jesus. Let me ask you to consider something. Whether or not you are at a place where you believe what we're saying tonight, or whether or not you believe that that angel came and said, hey, God has given you a Savior who is Christ the Lord, Here's what I want you to consider. If it's true, if it's true that we have a Savior who is there for us, who wants to have a relationship with us, who wants to know us, who wants to come into our life, and he wants to save us, if it's true, is there actually any better offer out there for you? I mean, I want you to think about that for a moment. Because if you check out all the other world religions, what they really boil down to is, I'll do the best I can in life and hope it works out. I hope. And whatever the, I hope, whatever there is for that particular religion. With, mo with other religions, it's, I don't know what's going to happen when I die, but I sure hope. But Jesus comes along and gives us something completely different. He says, I want to do something for you. I want to give you a gift. I want to give you eternal life. I want to give you life everlasting, abundant life, life to the fullest, eternal life starting here on earth and extending into eternity. I want to forgive you of your sins so that you can spend eternity with me. And as Jesus gives that to us, he says, I've come to save you, to be your savior, Here's the question for those who are skeptical. Wouldn't you at least want to give that some consideration? Wouldn't you at least be a little bit curious to check that out? See, if you're here tonight and you're thinking, I don't need saving, I, I need to tell you, you do. You need saving. We all do. I mean, just think about it practically for a moment. I imagine every one of us in here has a habit that we are, is involved in our life that we know is not good for us. In fact, a little Christmas honesty. Raise your hand if there's something going on in your life, something, doesn't even matter how small, that you're like, I know it's probably not the best for me. Raise your hand. Right, come on. Thank you for being honest, most of you. We have something in our life. We're like, ah, oh, that, that's not the best for me. I know it's not good for me. And you've tried to kick it before. 
and you've come up with this and try this, and we're getting ready to go into the new year, and you've put everything on pause right now because you're like, hey, this is splurge time. I'll wait till the new year. And some of you are like, you've been trying the new year thing for so long that you're like, I don't go there anymore. That's a, that doesn't work. Because you realize I've tried everything. I haven't been able to save myself. I haven't been able to figure it out. So many of us, maybe most of us know we can't save ourselves from our anger issues, from our relationship issues, from our money issues, from our drug or tobacco issues, from our health issues. And I'm just thinking to myself, if I can't save myself from those little minor things, what makes me think I can save myself from or for eternity? God says I'm patient. I'm tolerant. I'm waiting. And you can keep on going, burning that marriage, destroying that friendship, destroying or ruining your career, your relationships, your body, but the moment, the moment that you throw up your hands and you say, you know, I realize <laughs> it's not working, I need a savior, the moment you say that, Jesus is there. Because here's what I've learned, anything that I'll lay at the feet of Jesus, anything, I say, here you go, Jesus, I need saving. I figured out that he'll save. And I've discovered in my own life, and in the lives of hundreds and hundreds of you hearing your stories over the years. Whatever you give to him, he saves. He saves marriages. He saves friendships. He saves kids. He saves parents. He saves lives. Whatever you're willing to lay down at the feet of the Savior, he'll come in and save. But he's not going to wrench it out of our hearts. He's going to wait patiently patiently until we're ready and willing to lay it down before him, to give it over to him, to surrender it to him. And I want you to know that that is the message of Christmas, that God gave us this incredible gift. So the angel came and pronounced to the world that first Christmas day, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Whatever you're going through that's brought fear into your life. And for those who are here this evening, and you're dealing with the fear issue, you know what I'm talking about. It grips you. It paralyzes you. It isolates you. It destroys you. Whatever you're going through in your life, do not be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. Now, I told you at the beginning that gifts is one of my love languages. I love to give gifts. I really do. That's, I might love that more than receiving gifts, but I love to give gifts. I love to receive gifts. Imagine if you gave me this Christmas a gift that you were super excited about, and it was extremely generous of you in terms of what the gift was. It was well thought out. You knew who I am, my personality, my preferences, my likes, my dislikes. And so you came up with this incredibly generous, custom-made gift for me. You gave me this gift. But days and days go by. Christmas comes and go, and I never open the gift. Now, if that was the case, you would certainly be disappointed. But that gift that just sits there, tree's been put away, 
still sitting there unwrapped. That gift essentially is a worthless gift at that point. Why? Because I don't receive any of the benefit of that gift that I've never opened. Well, Jesus Christ is God's Christmas gift to us. He's not the gift under the tree. He's the gift that hung on the tree for us. Yes, some of us, and we've gone Christmas after Christmas after Christmas, and we've never opened that best gift of all, that customized gift for you. God's gift of salvation. He wants to save you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So this Christmas, tonight, how about we acknowledge I need a Savior. I need saving from my issues, whatever they are, but I also need a Savior to save me and give me eternity. If you've never received that gift, if you've never opened this gift, if you'd like to be forgiven of your sins and know that you will have the hope of heaven one day, that you can have real purpose in life, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I ask you to invite Jesus into your life, to be your Lord, to be your Savior. And he'll save you, and he'll give you a hope, and he'll give you a future. And then there's some others of you this evening, most of you, you've opened the gift. You've received the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. Jesus is your Savior. But I'm asking you to be real for a moment because you know that by the way you're living your life, it's as if you've put that present away. You've boxed it up. And you have an area or areas of your life where you say, yes, Jesus is my Savior, but I still need saving in this area of my life. Jesus is my Savior, but I, there's, there's fear in me. There's a hesitancy in me. And I need saving in that area of my life. And so if you've received the gift of salvation, but you need a Savior in that specific area of your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go before God tonight, to get real and say, I know you've been waiting patiently with me, God. And so I'm coming to you tonight. And I'm going to get real with you and say, I, I need saving in this area. By the way, he already knows what that area is. You haven't fooled him. But he's just been patient. He's just been being kind to you just waiting for you to receive his gift. He wants to save whatever you will lay at his feet.